The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. What holds us back are technological incrementalism, fake innovation, and the lack of an optimistic vision of a greener, healthier, and wealthier future. To cross the brink of utopia, we must reinvent nothing less but innovation. Happy Thursday, everyone. This is The Next Big Idea Daily, and I'm your host, Michael Kavnet. Now, I'm a pretty big fan of technology. It's made my life easier, more productive, and entertaining. But can it do more than that? Can technology save the human race, for example? From climate change to global poverty, some of the planet's biggest problems seem to defy technical solutions. But that might just be because we're not being innovative enough about how we innovate. That's the case made by Tomas Ramga and Rafael Laguna de la Vera in the new book, On the Brink of Utopia, Reinventing Innovation to Solve the World's Largest Problems. Tomas is a fellow at the Einstein Center Digital Future in Berlin, and Raphael is an entrepreneur, investor, and a founding director of the German Federal Agency for Disruptive Innovation. Here they are to share some of their big ideas. Hi all, I'm Thomas Ramge. And I'm Rafael Laguna de la Vera. The starting point of our book is an assessment that might sound counterintuitive. We live in less innovative times than we think. What do we mean by this? Despite having made major technological advancements in some areas, we are still left with enormous unsolved challenges. We claim in our book, a radical shift in the culture of innovation is needed to foster the kind of innovation that is needed. We live in times of innovation theater. Our book is not about the next TikTok or the next Instacart. Silicon Valley's and China's platforms may well make our lives more convenient, but are they as disruptive as they claim? We knew how to shop before Amazon and order taxis without Uber. And hasn't political discourse become much more divisive thanks to a platform formerly known as Twitter? In the last two decades, science and technology failed to create the radical advancements we crave for. Just a few examples. We made little progress fighting cancer and basically none to stop dementia. Mental health gets worse, not better, and we enter a pandemic age with very few antiviral drugs. We don't have enough green energy and no technology that could suck by far enough CO2 out of the air to restore the climate's balance. According to the UN, more than 800 million people are undernourished today. That's a tenth of the global population. Meanwhile, we don't know how to cope with a growing world population and end the overexploitation of Earth's now rapidly depleting resources. This has to change fast. What holds us back are technological incrementalism, fake innovation, and the lack of an optimistic vision of a greener, healthier, and wealthier future. 
To cross the brink of utopia, we must reinvent nothing less but innovation. We need to think in leaps, not in steps. A genuinely innovative leap does more than make our lives a little easier. It fundamentally improves living condition for humankind. Think of the cultivation of einkorn wheat, the first sailboat, or the printing press. Think of the water closet's effect on the spread of disease, how the use of fertilizers made urban living sustainable, or the way computers and the World Wide Web just about have affected everything. Then think 10 years ahead about how, for example, mRNA, nuclear fusion, or AI might make as big as an impact. The Maslowian Innovation Pyramid Climate change, health, poverty. There's clearly no shortage of big challenges where innovation leaps are dearly needed. Indeed, incrementalism can be counterproductive by deepening path dependencies. Therefore, technology finally must focus on solving real problems for true human needs. For this, we have developed a model that we refer to as Maslow's Hierarchy of Innovation and tie this model to the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals. We can deduce from a Maslowian innovation pyramid that technological progress necessarily helps to secure our basic needs. It must strengthen our social relationships and enable more freedom and independence for us. Because then it will create the basis for more people to be able to strive and develop their own talents, potential and creativity to shape their own lives. To maximize the happiness of as many people as possible, rather than profits of big tech companies, it requires a mission-oriented culture of innovation. In this culture, citizens are involved in identifying the challenges and governments play a far more active role in helping making them a reality. Nerds with a mission. Who is able to make innovation leap? At the Federal Agency for Disruptive Innovation, we search for nerds on a mission. We call them hypos. People with high potential for radical innovation almost always have common characteristics. Intelligence, a talent for abstraction, and combinatorial thinking are part of it. But these are more like hygiene factors, necessary but not sufficient prerequisites that many talented people and top performers fulfill. Those who make innovative leaps, however, usually show high levels of five additional personality traits or behaviors. First, an interest, barely comprehensible to others in a specialized area, sometimes bordering on manic obsession. Second, an unusually high level of tenacity and resilience in the face of setbacks, combined with steadfast independence of mind in response to criticism or even ostracism. Third, openness to virtue, recognizing and accepting important ideas and impetuses from other people. Fourth, the ability to transmit their own enthusiasm to others and to build and lead teams without descending into micromanagement. Fifth, the desire for one's work to actually have an impact. This combination is rare. Societies must offer nerds with a mission and the teams around them the best possible opportunities for tech development with freedom, recognition, and of course, with funding. Crossing the death valley of innovation. Radical innovation always must solve a chicken and egg problem. When left alone, markets often fail. 
Governments must therefore embrace their role as boosters of technology readiness, making use of their purchasing power to leap through the valley of death of radical innovation, in which essential ideas die for the lack of a secure return on investment. That doesn't necessarily imply rocket science. A thousand miles of road surfacing that resists cracking during cold winters, or 100,000 environmentally friendly apartments for $165 per square foot, would represent an innovative breakthrough for society. New government involvement can also mean less involvement through regulation, especially in Europe. And all over, the radically removing red tape from the state innovation funding could help radically. Meanwhile, we will have to reinvent venture capital. We have an abundance of venture capital for ventures that are not that risky. Most of this money goes to digital services and platforms that have already proven to work elsewhere. Venture capitalists who really want to make a dent must learn or relearn to take risks and have a closer look at deep tech investments aligned with serving humankind in significant and even urgent ways. In the long run, this will pay off for them and for humanity's future. First movers in VC have already realized in times of technological paradigm shifts, the biggest risk lies in not taking high risk and instead relying on the linear continuation of present trends. The purpose and objective of innovation is the greatest possible happiness for the greatest possible number of people. We are rationally optimistic that in the year 2050, with radically better technology, Humanity will have many of the problems under control that today seem almost impossible to solve and sometimes even to threaten our continued existence because we believe in the will and ability of human creation. Pessimism, with or without technology, is essentially a waste of mental energy and time. Maybe here or there you can find positive side effects of the world is ending attitude. Managers in the tech industry like to quote Only the Paranoid Survive, the book by Intel co-founder Andy Grove. But apocalyptic attitudes seem to have reached their point of marginal utility a few years ago. Anxiety disorders will not show us the path to a successful future. They lead instead to status quo bias and unhealthy risk aversion. Fear of the future is also at the root of excessive regulation. Another concept from psychology seems much more helpful to us. We need to develop more collective self-efficacy and technological development because self-efficacy has a self-reinforcing effect. We achieve innovative leaps because we believe in ourselves. Because we believe in ourselves, we achieve innovative leaps. An optimistic vision of the future and a positive self-image go hand in hand with a bright future. This will also help us reduce excessive regulation and red tape. Techno-optimism is not an end in itself, but an ethical imperative. The goal is not as difficult to define as we often think. Jonas Salk, the American physician and developer of the inactivated polio vaccine, described the goal as follows. Our greatest responsibility is to be good ancestors. Our descendants should have an even better life than we do. To accomplish this, we have to be optimistic and set out for a leap over the brink of utopia to make the world greener, healthier and wealthier. Thank you, Thomas and Raphael. Exciting to imagine how we can innovate how we innovate. 
and to wonder what big problems future technology might solve. As I mentioned up top, one of the things our current technology is good for is personal productivity. And I have to confess to being something of a productivity nerd myself. I can go overboard with that stuff, which is why I'll be back tomorrow with some big ideas from the book I Didn't Do the Thing Today, Letting Go of Productivity Guilt by Madeline Doerr. I hope you'll join me. <laughs>